Welcome to the Lady Landlords Podcast, where we empower women to gain financial independence through real estate investing. I'm your host, Becky Nova, founder of Lady Landlords. If you're ready to buy, manage, and grow your real estate portfolio, then let's get started. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Lady Landlords Podcast. I'm your host, Becky Nova, and today we get to bring you one of my favorite types of our episodes, and that is a member spotlight. We're talking all about Dr. Amber Howarth today. She um, just got her first property, so we will be celebrating that. So Amber, thank you so much for joining me. How are you today? Good. How are you? I'm fantastic. And where in the world are you? We are currently in Tennessee right now. Yeah. And you're sitting in your new home. I am. I am. It's a little on the empty side right now, but we are here. <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. But if you could, I would love if you could just introduce who who you are as, as a woman to, to our community. Definitely. So as Becky already mentioned, I'm Amber Howarth. I'm a veterinarian by trade. That's when I went to school with a really long eight years of doing that um, while my husband was across the United States. So we've done long distance for a very long time, but he was getting his certification to fly Apache helicopters in the military. Um, and so finally, back in 2021, we lived together for the first time, even though we had been married for several years prior to that. So I don't know in this day and age if it's considered doing that backwards, but that is kind of how we evolved and, and came together. Um, we had actually been together uh, since before I went to vet school and had known each other since kindergarten. I did so not know you guys have known each other since <laughs> kindergarten. That's our, so cute. Our dads worked together and we had gone to the same school on and off since kindergarten because we were, they work at the same uh, company. So we were always very close in proximity to each other. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, that's nice and special. So for our listeners, so Amber is actually part of the Lady Landlords Mentorship and then her husband, Brandon, is actually a part. So I've gotten to meet Brandon as well multiple times. So it's been great for them as a couple to really be kind of doing this together. But I, I didn't realize that you, of all of our time working together, I didn't realize that you guys have known each other literally your entire lives. So, okay, that makes the two of you just even more, a little, just that little much more cute than I already thought you guys were as a couple. So that's awesome. So <laughs> who's, whose idea was like real estate, trying to find financial freedom, changing your financial health? Because I mean, you're, you're a doctor right? Like that's, that's huge. You're a doctor. And then your husband's in the military. Like you guys, those are both careers. Those are both, you know, usually things that people kind of do the, the rest of their lives or for at least a long period of time. Who kind of was the one that was like, Hey, maybe we need to think about something different. here. So that was a hundred percent me. <laughs> <laughs> Good. That's the answer I was hoping you were going to say. Uh, yeah, going back to our childhoods, both of our parents didn't really exactly teach us too much about money other than you have to save it. And that is a good lesson in itself. But past that, you know, what do you do? How do you save it? Where do you save it? And I started freaking out even before I went into veterinary school about the cost of it and how we were going to pay for it. And mm -hmm. it really just hit me. I kind of put it on the back burner and buried my head in the sand 
uh, while I was in veterinary college. And once COVID came around and we got dismissed from clinical rotations and I had all that free time on my hands, I ended up actually finding White Coat Investor first ah. and then delving into Choose FI and those podcasts and platforms and really started listening about all of the different financial lessons and mistakes other people have made and eventually started thinking about real estate wandered into your Facebook group uh, that I think has 30 or 40,000 maybe even more now uh, members to it and started doing a little more research and looking through that and then um, ended up coming over to your mentorship program right so that's what I love is in, and for some of the um, for some of the other sites that you kind of talked about there with White Coat Investor and Choose Fi. What's interesting is that was actually very similar how I kind of got started in this financial freedom kind of journey too, was just more of looking at that idea of how can I increase like my financial literacy, right? Um, that was something, same thing. My parents didn't teach me anything about finances. I was very lost. So it was just kind of how do we like move forward in that? So it was a lot of kind of finding that like fire movement, right? Financial independence, retire early for any of our listeners that are not familiar with that acronym. I remember retire early doesn't mean we have to go and sit bond, sit and eat bonbons all day, but it's really just an idea of maybe leaving a place that you're that you're specifically at if you so choose. Really kind of giving you some options. Um, so it's interesting that you and I both then kind of went on that route of kind of financial literacy first and then realized that it was real estate that was really going to kind of make an impact. What what drew you to real estate investing over the other options out there? It looked inviting to me. My grandparents, I uh, actually found this out uh, a couple months ago, had dabbled in real estate uh, probably 50 years ago or so. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, I would have loved to have bought back then. (laughs) Right, exactly. Uh, But I knew real estate was more of a concrete way for passive income. Everybody in these communities just keeps talking about, you know, putting it into your retirement accounts and putting it here and there, uh, which are all great ideas. I'm not knocking that by any means, but I wanted to take that next step and kind of progress us um, a little bit faster and put us on a different trajectory then maybe other people are wanting to go. And I knew that real estate was a really great way from all of that financial literacy and hearing other people talk, uh, listening to other podcasts, reading blogs. I'm a little bit of a nerd on my off hours, if you can't tell. <laughs> well, I'm happy that you did, that you kind of did the research and kind of got out what you needed to. And I think that it's very, one of the things that I love about working with you is you always ask a lot of great questions and you really like to make sure that you see like the full picture. So I'm sure you did that here. At what point though, did you kind of tell your partner, hey, there's some financial stuff we should look into. Hey, I was reading about this. Hey, I joined this website. At what point did you like, did you just kind of like go to him one day and be like, I read this book about investing. That's it. We're going. Or did you kind of go with more of like a drip tactic of like, hey, I listened to this podcast, I learned this. Do you remember kind of how you started to like introduce this concept, not specifically real estate investing, but just financial freedom and fire to Brandon? It was more of a a drip process. We were both not really working during COVID. 
to say the least. Um, and he was still getting paid and being able to stay home with me, which was really nice. And so when I would listen to things, he would kind of listen in too. And that's just kind of how it got the ball rolling for us. And he's also listened a little bit here and there to some of the podcasts, read some of the books. Uh, but he definitely is very much the, I'll go along with what you want to do. <laughs> I'm very much the the little steam engine that's like, you know, wanting to take on this and that. And um, I have a bad habit of not saying no <laughs> and taking it all on. But that's how it eventually started. And then we kind of built momentum into paying off my student loans. We did it in about 14, 15 months. And I had $163,000 in student loans. And we knocked him out that quickly and knew that we didn't want to be in debt. And then going from there, we started shunting all that money that we were putting towards the student loans into all of the various retirement accounts. Right. So it sounds like then what you really learned through some of those fire groups was really helpful, right? It got you into a better place to lowering your debt, which is kind of the first step to a lot of financial literacy. And then also how do we then kind of get those those buckets that are supposed to be really secure for us, not necessarily the things that are going to give us the biggest return, but at least how are we going to make sure that we're thinking about kind of our future in the long term? So it sounds like you guys kind of got that done. What made then that, what brought you to then say, okay, now we're ready to invest in real estate? It was through the researching and listening to everything that I eventually was trying to take a step back and not necessarily trying to retire early, but I love traveling. I got bitten by the travel bug pretty early and I love going and experiencing new things. And I knew mm -hmm. that I wanted to, at some point, even if I wasn't working full-time, being able to travel maybe more so full-time. And I kept thinking, how was I going to do this for myself? How am I going to actually make that a reality? And where are these passive income streams going to come from? And right. from that, that's how we settled on real estate and trying to build up a portfolio that would have that passive income to be able to support us going to, you know, Thailand or Bali or something like that for a couple months and not having to worry about things. Right. Okay. And then how soon was that before then you and I started working together in the mentorship? It probably only was a few months before. My husband had okay. said he wanted to get into real estate and I kind of made us jump, take the huge jump. And I was like, all right, let's do this. Okay. So you feel like kind of almost you like peppered this whole financial independence thing throughout the way with him. And then it sounds like almost, and I, I've had to do this more with my father than my husband, but kind of sometimes make them feel like it's their idea to do something. <laughs> right. So it sounds like almost that he came to you and was kind of like, hey, we should try real estate investing. And you were like, well, duh, like, of course. Right. And then it was really then an easy kind of way for you to say, OK, cool, we're moving forward. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He said he, he's always wanted to, to do something in real estate and then life kind of just got in the way and got busy. And I was like, let's backtrack this and see if we can <laughs> actually get there. So when that happened then, once again, a couple months then before we started working together, was there, what did, what were you, what had you tried to do during those few months to get real estate started? Honestly, not much because life got in the way. It was more of just research, every, researching everything and looking at your program and then eventually reaching out 
to you, I think it was in November, December, something like that. Yeah, somewhere around in the fall. Um, So I think we were both too scared because we hadn't ever bought a property before to do it on our own. Right. But you guys were still renting. Correct. At that point in time. So that was, it was a completely new process. Like, it's not like you had gone through that as your primary. It was a, it was a completely kind of like new thing. Correct. Okay. Um, so a lot of, a lot of our listeners have problems because they can't get their partner on board. Right. Um, when then, since you and Brandon were both on board with real estate, do you feel that there was like, even from the beginning, were you two like ready with like the idea of like moving into the rentals or did you feel like you kind of debated like, well, Brandon wants to do a flip, but I wanted a rental, but he wanted long-term, but I wanted short-term. Did you guys have any of those? Were you pretty much like aligned from the beginning or did you feel that there was, that your visions for real estate were different? I don't think our visions for real estate were too different. I've always known I wanted a couple of Airbnbs Just that way, you know, if we want to use it a week out of the year, we could. And then for the 51 weeks, someone else could use it. But uh, yeah, I think we always knew our first one was going to be a renter situation, not necessarily an Airbnb to start off with. Um, But that is more so the the long-term goal. I think more than anything, he was a little more nervous than I was about going forward, a little more skeptical and was like, well, if you're sure, if you think this will work. Uh, but yeah, now, now we're here. <laughs> right. Okay. So then after kind of a couple months, you said, you know, you kind of really didn't do kind of like too much. It sounds like more just kind of figuring the pieces out. What made you say like, Hey, we're going to need to bring in some outside help. We're going to have to find like a mentor to work with. I think it was just because our lives are really busy to begin with, with the shifts that we work and the type of shifts that we both work and both of us not knowing real estate. And I came to him and said, we could try to do this ourselves, but I don't want to get in over my head or be underwater on a house or not being able to get a tenant in. And I'd rather have someone who's already done this before and already knows the process and the steps. And right. so uh, I was like, we really need to bring in, bring in help to figure out what we're doing. And then once we tackle that, we can expand it from there. Gotcha. No, and that's that's really smart, right? You have you, anything that you're doing that's new, right? Same thing. You're a vet trying to, you know, operate on a dog for the first time. You probably are going to want to learn from somebody else that's been there, done that. You have to kind of go through those educational stages. So I do appreciate that the two of you said, hey, let's get the support we need. And once again, I kind of always talk about the mentorship program as also being something that like has training wheels on it, right? The idea is that we take those off and then, you know, you leave the nest here. Um, so, okay. So gotcha. So then when you guys, when you guys then joined, like what, what did you feel like was the biggest place that you were stuck at for buying your first property? I think finding the right one and understanding all of the nuances of the loan process and the title and and all of that. And still probably to this day, I'd have to have a really good real estate agent with me to still, you know, walk through the process because I'm sure I'd forget a few steps here and there. But uh, we looked at quite a few of them before settling on the one that we liked. Uh, We were really, really, truly hoping for a duplex or a quadplex, something like that. 
And in our particular area, there just aren't many that are in an affordable budget. If you have a couple million dollars in your bank account, then yeah, the sky's your limit here, but uh, we do not. <laughs> right. And, and that's, there's so many different places in every single state across the country that do have just those higher markets um, and some nice neighborhoods and things. But that was, that was really, you guys weren't looking for a move at that point in time. You weren't looking for, it's not like you were looking to relocate. You really wanted to still stay in the area where you were and that you guys were working. So it was also, how do we make it where we can get that first rental that's going to kind of just be the easiest for, for the two of you to kind of get started in this, right? Yeah, yeah. And we definitely, so, oh, <laughs> we definitely regret not um, investing sooner. <laughs> right, I was just saying that's every single like investor says the exact same thing. It's always, I just wish I'd gotten started sooner. So what was your favorite part of the, of the process of finding your favorite of your first rental? So far, I love, I loved honestly looking at all the homes, even though it was a little bit of a hiccup because we weren't finding the one that fit us, but I love interior design too. And I love, you know, how people lay out the buildings and the architecture designs that go behind it. Uh, so probably our poor real estate agent was like, oh my gosh, she wants to look at how many more? <laughs> but I mean, how many houses do you feel like you guys, you two looked at? Is that, I wouldn't say it was like that, that many. No, no, it probably was 20 to 30 total. Right. I was going to say probably, my guess was going to be around like 20, but also I think the average, and I, this was a more of a statistic pre-COVID. I'm going to put that caveat in for a reason. But it usually the statistic that I read pre in 2019 was that it really takes about 10 houses for a person to find the right property for them, right? And that's owner-occupied. That's not necessarily looking for the investment. So when you're really looking and you as a family know what your budget is, know what your needs are based on how many kids and dogs and all that type of stuff that you necessarily have, but your options are kind of limited. You have to then find a property that has those kind of constraints. So if 10 properties is average for a person that's going to be living there, then now you have to take on the added bonus of two things. One, you are looking for the first time. This is your first time really looking at a property to even like evaluate, like, do you buy this or do you not? So there's gonna be a learning curve there. So let's throw an extra two, three houses on the front end for that. And then on the back end, you really had a lot more variability with what you could look at because to you, it didn't matter if there were two bedrooms or four bedrooms because really what you were looking at was the numbers. And then also we're going to have to look at a couple more properties because of the fact that we want to find the best cash flowing deal. To me, ending up around, you know, plus or minus 20 properties is really not that big of an issue. And then also the fact that you were doing it post-COVID where things are still a little bit more competitive. And this was a couple months ago, really, when you were looking. Prices were still high. Prices were still competitive. People were still getting into bidding wars. You were really kind of walking into all of that. So 20 properties to me actually ain't that bad when you think about it. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely true. Some of them were, were just fun. <laughs> so I could go in and look. <laughs> and there's exactly that. You needed to get an idea of just what is even looking like looking at a property even like let alone the one that you were actually considering, right? I remember the first property that my realtor showed us. Um, it was it was a duplex in the Bronx. 
I remember it had four bedrooms over two bedrooms. And the thing was like a million bucks. And it was January. And the only reason I remember it was January was because we went through the house, looked through everything in probably like 20, 30 minutes, and then stood in the backyard and talked about the house for about an hour in New York in January. That's why I remember it. And then we actually, we kind of laughed about it because we were like, we clearly like the backyard better than any other place in the house because we stood outside for an hour in the freezing cold because of this property. But that was actually, we were not qualified for that house at all. And I had asked my realtor, I don't know, he's become like one of my closest friends. Um, but I asked my realtor like a year or two years later, I'm like, why didn't you even show us that house? And he was like, because you've never seen a house before. I had to show you something just so you guys can get a feel for what your options were, what it was like. And then he goes, I wanted to take you guys through a house so that way he could calibrate really what we were looking for. We were looking really for a primary residence at the time. So he was like, the fact that I that we stood outside in the freezing cold for an hour, he goes, I realized how important outdoor space was to you two. He's like, I wasn't gonna show you anything that didn't have it because I knew you two weren't gonna be happy because that was seemed to be the most important thing that you two looked at. So it was it, there is kind of a couple of houses that you have to look at to kind of calibrate yourself as you kind of go through. So it sounds like you just kind of going to an open house or walking through a property to kind of get a feel for what you were looking for or not. I think that was actually a really smart idea. Yeah. Yeah. We honestly, I grew up, my dad um, was, would run security sometimes for new houses being built in our area. And we would do that for fun. If they didn't have any doors on the property when they were still being built, we would just walk in and like look at it. And my parents would comment and I would listen. And so now I kind of, I'll do the same thing sometimes if there's properties being built in our area. If they don't have doors yet, I'll just go walk through them and be like, what were they thinking for this space? Right. Yeah. You could never get away with that in the neighborhood I live in. There'd be like, you know, 14 different families moving in um, <laughs> here in New York. Yeah, you don't, you don't leave things without doors open. But that's, um, I always have to remind myself of that, that there's like just other ways that things work in other parts of the country. You would never do that in New York, or maybe upstate, but definitely not, definitely not down the city where I am. But um, so when you were kind of going through that process, so I just asked you what your favorite part was. What was your least favorite part? probably signing all the documents I think ours was like 100 pages long or something <laughs> like yeah it was a lot and then uh right. my husband was gone so I had power of attorney so I had to sign for him as well right which puts all that pressure kind of on your side yeah yeah um because when we ended up getting the house he wasn't even here for it and so hmm. um all of it was on on me to deal with Right. Was there a part of the process that you felt like, oh my God, this is never going to happen. This is absolutely miserable. That's it. I want to throw in the towel. I want to give up. Because we've all had that. Yeah. Moment. Yeah. Uh, not yet, I will say. It was okay. frustrating when we couldn't find a duplex or a quadplex. And then we ended up having to pivot. Um, right. Yeah, not not quite yet. And granted, we're still not 100% all the way through the process because we eventually got to rent this out. Um, so hopefully <laughs> we will have a tenant and be successful that way, but uh, not quite yet. <laughs> okay. 
No, and I know you guys were disappointed when it wasn't going to work with the with the multifamily. So we're just going to have to make that work for the next property. So the, the place that I felt that either you kind of like relied on me or the place that I felt that you guys were the most unhappy was kind of going through the different the different numbers of the loan options. Hmm. So maybe that wasn't a place that you wanted to kind of kick in the towel, but I feel like that was a place where you definitely want to pick something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. No, it, yeah, with the, the interest rates and going back and forth and having the bank, which I didn't realize that interest rates can change on the daily basis. I didn't realize it was that um, volatile like the stock market was. And so, uh, yeah, when she told us one week, like, oh, they dropped, we're like, oh, perfect, but we don't, we still don't have that property. Like, hopefully they'll stay. And the next week, she was like, oh, they went up again. And it was like, what is happening right now? <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I love numbers. Uh, I used to consult for other veterinarians as well and run their numbers if they were going to start up or acquire a veterinary practice. So running the numbers on houses was a lot of fun for me, but it was also kind of frustrating too to to see, you know, what would happen if we put this amount of down or put 0% down or uh, how that worked. Right. And, and once again, for the 0% down, let's also then clarify why that was that you guys were putting 0% down. <laughs> so what type of loan option did we end up going with for you guys? We ended up going with a VA loan. Right. And then how much does that mean you had to put down? 0%. 0%. So you hear that? So any ladies out there better than military, ex-military, partners that are military, that is a great benefit that you get. Um, that everyone that has the opportunity to use a VA loan should take advantage of. Um, unfortunately, like there's probably, there's a lot more, let's be real. There's a lot more that we can actually do for veterans and for our active military service. This is the least that we can do is kind of have that as an option. So go out there and absolutely use it. Um, but that really was able to kind of, in a way, it was able to kind of open up some doors because it left kind of more cash on the table for what we can kind of do like next, right? Yeah, yeah, I definitely did. And that's always been part of the big plan of, okay, we've got this first one and now we want to move on to two, three, four and, and beyond. So that way our futuristic goals are met. <laughs> right. And let's just be clear too, also with putting zero down does not mean that you guys did not have to pay money to, mm -hmm. to close on the property, right? There were still closing costs. There were still appraisal fees. There was still, you know, attorney's fees, title fees, all those different things. So you still had to come out of pocket. So it's not like, you know, you ended up walking away with the property and, you know, just, you know, flip the guy like a quarter to, to take it here. You still had to make that investment and put into it. And clearly also, and one of the things that we worked on together was also, well, the less we put down, the less cash flow we're going to have, right? If we took the same property and put more money down, well, then we'd have less money out of, we'd have more money out of pocket, less money to kind of go on for two, three, four, but it would then increase cash flow up front rather than this way, which at least kind of got that equity built in, less cash flow now, but more cash flow kind of down the line. So it was once again a way that was just let's kick off our process here and now we can kind of go start, start shopping for the next one. Right? Yes. Yeah, exactly. So with some of those obstacles between having to pivot, between wanting to do a multifamily then to the single family, going through the process since you had never kind of bought a house before in general, dealing with lender issues and them just throwing at you different numbers in addition to a realtor that's kind of pressuring you to pick one, right? How do you feel that 
that the mentorship was able to help you through some of those decisions? It was really great to be able to go through the modules and then meet with you either weekly or bi-monthly, whatever that looks like for that month, and ask our personal questions or even for the office hours on Thursdays to yeah. ask questions there and see what other people had going on too. Um, I still wish I could join more of the <laughs> office hours. I'm always working on Thursdays now, but um, I'm able to catch them up or catch up on the back end of it. Right. Uh, it was really great to have the formal lectures and then to be able to ask questions that pertain to our individual case. Right. Kind of like what you were saying, like one of the things that you were looking for is somebody that had kind of been there, done that to help kind of guide you through the process. So good. I'm so happy that I was able to do that for you guys um, and kind of and just share the things that I've learned and what's worked for me as we kind of go through that process. So and then what what's next for you? What are you working on? So in the real estate realm, we're thinking about potentially going after a property that's in Florida, actually. And it's a company that I learned about through White Coat Investor. Uh, it was on one of their recommendation tabs. And it's a company that owns several different companies underneath it, kind of like a parent company, essentially. And they build these single family quadplexes, duplexes, try, I think, pretty much anything essentially in, in Florida. And uh, they build it from the ground up and then they rent it out and have a property management company that'll come in and do it for you at least for the first two years. And so that's kind of what we're looking towards next um, going mm -hmm. after. And then um, eventually wherever we end up settling down after my husband's out of the military is probably where we'll have more of our, our main hub properties essentially. Gotcha. No, and that's going to be nice, too, to be able to kind of look at where do we kind of go from here mm -hmm. and what are those other options. So we'll definitely get together for a call to make sure that we now have a strategy in place of how we're going to be able to now scale portfolio. But getting that first property is always a huge accomplishment. It really, it's just kind of the start to a great journey. And it really walked you through the process. And you and Brandon did such a great job just following along the steps trusting in the process and really just kind of like enjoy maybe not enjoying every moment but really just kind of like enjoying like the journey that that you two went on and you guys have an absolutely gorgeous gorgeous first property i don't know if you saw when um when i shared a little bit of your story about it about the property you bought i shared the pictures in the, in the larger lady landlords group and just people were like can i can i move in like that was they were like that's a rental property that place is absolutely gorgeous and it, it really truly is a gorgeous home um, and when you secure tenants that I know that are going to be moving in soon, I am very happy that they're going, I'm sure that they're absolutely going to love what a gorgeous house that is. Um, so congratulations on the first one. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. We've loved this house. It's super cute and a really, really great house. And they, uh, did a really good job planning it out and, and building. So, um, right excited to to keep going and get tenants in here and get on to the like I said second third and fourth <laughs> yeah for somebody that's out there listening that's kind of in that place where you were a couple of years ago of just set or last year of saying like okay cool I want to do real estate and then they're kind of in that like couple months kind of gap where they were like I don't really know what I'm supposed to be doing though I know I want to do this what advice would you give them 
I would definitely do your research and make sure that it's going to be for you. It's definitely not for the for the faint of heart because you're going to have ups and downs and and things will happen along the way. Uh, and that's me speaking without tenants in place because I'm sure that's going to bring its own fun things coming up. But uh, do your research and uh, I definitely take the leap. Take the leap. Um, start sooner than later. Uh, don't dally on it because we kind of debated for a while going back and forth I think almost a little too long before getting into this one and I I honestly think for your first property if you've never bought anything before and have no idea how the process goes it's always really great to rely on someone who's been there before and can show you the ropes so that way you have more of a linear path uh, instead of one that's full of <laughs> bumps and curves and um, potholes and obstacles in your way. Right. No, I, th I think that's great advice. That That's honestly, I say the same thing all the time. It's better to have bought the property, to have bought a property, even if it was just a single and not a home run, but better to do it today than tomorrow. Um, so good. Well, Amber, thank you very much for joining me today. I appreciate it. Congratulations again to you and Brandon. Thank you. Of course. And I'll be seeing you soon. We'll make sure to schedule a call so we can talk about then next steps for the second, third, and fourth properties here. Otherwise, um, for all of our listeners, ladies, thank you very much for joining us. Please do make sure to subscribe so you do not miss another episode of the Lady Landlords podcast. We release episodes every other Tuesday. And also, if you are interested in the mentorship that Amber was talking about, head over to lady-landlords.com to learn if the program is the right fit for you. Thank you very much, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Lady Landlords Podcast. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you're feeling stuck in your real estate journey, visit lady-landlords.com to book a one-on-one -on -one workshop with me. I'll help you determine your next best strategy. Or you could subscribe to our newsletter for exclusive tips and offers. Invest with confidence. Become a Lady Landlord today.